0: Welcome to another episode of Heroes And, a podcast where we talk about heroes and comics, movies, TV shows, and the worst heroes ever. Basically, if it's part of geek culture, we're going to talk about it. My name is Andy.
1: And I'm Cody. And today on Heroes And, we are talking about Heroes And, take two But we do have some news you might be
0: interested in knowing, some stuff you might have missed. So here's the lowdown. Here's the first thing that we have for you guys. Star Wars Episode Eight has been delayed. It was scheduled to come out May 26th of 2017, but now it has been pushed back to December 15th. 2017, so just a few months uh, than the original date and that's largely because of the huge success that The Force Awakens uh, had this past, uh, this past year with it being released uh, the same month of December. Uh, we also have uh, the Spider-Man reboot uh, that has been moved as well that's been moved back to July 7th, 2017 uh, we're excited for that, we are uh, really looking forward to that new chapter in the Spider-Man series So it's The next p- new chapter Yes, exactly.
1: You know, the third one.
0: Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so that's been moved back again July 7th, 2017.
1: Also, we have that Jessica Jones has officially been given a season two order. Uh, given the great reviews that the show received, this shouldn't necessarily come as a surprise, but it's nice to know that it is officially official. Uh, and last week, I mentioned that I finally saw Terminator Genesis. Uh, well, that was this, your movie, Moe. That, that was
0: your movie of uh,
1: summer 2015. I don't know that's accurate. And <laughs> the good news, uh, good, good bad news, is the Terminator Genesis sequel has been removed from Paramount's release schedule. So they, as far as we know now, are no longer planning on doing that. It wasn't necessarily an awful movie, but given how poorly it was received in the box office, as well as, you know, it didn't, didn't get rave reviews. And yeah. so this shouldn't necessarily come as a surprise.
0: So uh, that's just some of the stuff you might have missed. But like Cody said, on today's episode, we're talking about heroes and take two. Uh, So there's been a few instances where superheroes or supervillains have been portrayed that didn't exactly meet uh, our standards. So on today's episode, that's exactly what we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about characters that we think deserve a second shot, uh, a take two, uh, at their uh, portrayal on the
1: big screen. A great example of this that is already happening and already in the works can be found in Deadpool. Back when Deadpool was first portrayed in X-Men Origins Wolverine, uh, the movie, we got a version of the character with his mouth sewn shut and swords that came out of his knuckles. I don't even know how that works anatomically. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But that portrayal wasn't really accurate to any known version of the character. However, now in just a few weeks, a Deadpool solo movie is coming out. And that seems to be taking steps to make up for what the first portrayal was lacking. From everything we've seen in the trailer so far, this new Deadpool seems to be a much better representation of the character. And so today we've got a couple of characters for you to consider. Andy, why don't you go ahead and get us rocking and rolling.
0: All right. So when I think about uh, characters that need a a take two, uh, I think about the Silver Surfer. Uh, That guy. Yes, that guy. Uh, the movie, uh, the movie that I'm talking about particularly is uh, from Fantastic Four: Rise of the Silver Surfer, and uh, it's for it being such an incredible character, uh, a character that uh, so many people love, and arguably
1: the number one most powerful
0: <laughs> superhero ever. Ever one can make that argument. Um, because he portrays, he, he, he has the, the cosmic powers. And so, um, again, he's such a, he's a beloved character. And shout out to both Jake Power and Jake uh, Williams for uh, their appreciation for the character. Um, but, again, this character, he had, he came out with the, this movie, Fantastic Four, Rise of the Silver Surfer. And it just wasn't done right. Um, he was, he was powerful but he was still... He wasn't this unstoppable, you know, being. And granted, um, we're really thankful that he is a hero because if he was a, a villain, he would be unstoppable. Yeah. <laughs> That's how powerful he There is he
1: was. no <laughs> number of Avengers. Yeah, exactly. I
0: think <laughs> they could stop him. Hashtag, what's an Avenger? <laughs> and so, there again, for it being such a, a powerful character, um, I, I don't think they did him justice in the movie. And I will say... Uh, Connected with the Silver Surfer, um, I think about Galactus as well. In that same movie, uh, Galactus was portrayed as just like a, a big s- cloud of smoke. St- st- he was just like a storm, like a space storm. Like yeah, it was you know gases and clouds, and it was just it was just bad. And if you know anything from the comics. Galactus is this huge being his nickname is you know he's the the eater of a plant eater I was a plant eater a planet eater a world eater you know like and so he being this massive character in the comics from from going from that to just being you know a gas you know being clouds that was really really disappointing and um uh, yeah, man. There's so many, so many issues. Did, did you see that movie, Cody? Did you? I did see the if same thing. If you
1: remember when we did our Fantastic Four episode, uh, Fantastic Fair, Fantastic Cons- Four. Uh-huh. Uh You know, the one that came out this year, I or 2015. Sorry, yes. uh, New Year, New You. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I mentioned that that movie was still better than Fantastic Four. So, uh, <laughs> but the the rise of the Silver Surfer. He. I, I what I will say about that movie is I think they got the look down. Granted, this guy it's not hard to get his look down for Silver yes. Surfer. Uh Galactus not so much. But we you know with Silver Surfer he he can phase through matter, you know, like literally, like you can just which we yeah. I think we saw that in the yeah. movie if I remember right. But like he's he can travel through space, you know, he's got unlimited power thanks mm-hmm. to this board of his, you know. And somehow he gets put down by Dr. Doom, yeah, in that movie, which granted I like Dr. Doom becomes God, so like in the, it's, it's, in it's the not like Dr. Yeah. Doom's not you know I'm not trying to shed any doubt on dr. Doom's ability, but the Dr. Doom that we saw in the movie wasn't necessarily you know like we didn't get a good build up to to that you know and to that understanding, so yeah, I am definitely with you there that that silver surfer, and he started getting all grayed out and like he was losing his power, yeah. When Doom had his board, and yeah,
0: that yeah, was. Nice. I will say again, like you said, the the way he looked, uh, you know, is fairly accurate, and it's it's pretty good. Um, I think I think who they casted as the voice of the Silver Surfer, I thought they did a good job, and that was Lawrence uh, Fishburne, and I thought he did a good job in voicing the Silver Surfer, and I thought it brought um, it was just a good element to have for that character, you know, and especially since that character, no actor necessarily is going to be painted silver to be portrayed as a silver surfer. So the way they even did it, I thought was, was good. You know, they, um, it looked very much like a perfect model. <laughs> like he was cut, he was big, you know what I'm saying? Like it, it didn't necessarily look cheesy. And I think again, the voice that they had for it, the actor that they picked, I thought they, they did a good job, but Man, they could have done so much with 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 him, and I think they could have done so much with Galactus as well as really setting him up to be the big villain of that story. Yeah. But then they brought in Doctor Doom again, and that was why.
1: Why do we have to always go back to Doctor Doom with those Fantastic Four to read? You know, to to properly give a you know a great a good understanding of the power of. The Silver Surfer. I feel like it makes sense to kind of just read what Marvels has to say. Yes. About the character. So, uh, and if you don't know this, Marvel has a, a lengthy descriptions yeah. on their website. Uh, you know about it, all of their characters, really. But uh, it says Silver Surfer wields the power cosmic, absorbing and manipulating the universe's uh, ambient cosmic energy. He can augment his strength to incalculable levels. So not superhuman levels. Not incredible levels, no. not invincible levels, no, none of that. incalculable levels. <laughs> uh, and it's almost totally indestructible. He can navigate space, hyperspace, and dimensional barriers and can fly at near limitless speeds on his board, entering hyperspace when he exceeds light speed. He has even proven capable of time travel on occasion. He doesn't need to drink. He doesn't need to eat food, nothing. He doesn't need to sleep. <laughs> he doesn't. He's sustained entirely by converting matter into energy. He's ex- is immune to temperature extremes and most radiation and can survive in vacuum environments.
0: <laughs> Wolverine
1: is indestructible. I don't know that he is I don't know not, that he Not can, to this level. Not to this level. No, he's no. not there. So uh, I I mean Silver Surfer, he can heal people from the dead, it says.
0: I mean I get this guy is a he's a big deal, and so for them to not do him justice and to you know just to be caught by the in that movie there's a scene where they catch him just by like using like sound pulses like yeah
1: to knock him off his board board. yeah yeah yeah. weak weak you know (laughs) the other the one more thing like at least well i have one more thing to say with silver surfer i I don't mean to step on your toes but you're good back to the you know secret wars issue one yeah last year you have all of all these characters on the cover of this of this comic book issue that's this you know, universe ending. Yeah, comic book issue, and they're all in action poses fighting each other, and then almost like he's, he's you know pretty small on the cover. Yeah, uh, but we have the Silver Surfer just riding on his board, and he's just standing straight up like a boss. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, he's not he's not worried about anybody because he's a freaking Silver
0: Surfer. Yeah, there's yeah he doesn't have much to worry about for that. Um, but yeah, so I think again, if there's a take two for this character. Again, we already talked about the we talked about the reboot of Fantastic 4. It wasn't it wasn't the best. It's not the one we deserve. I'm telling you, man, it's going it's going back to Marvel. But
1: and then it's going to get done
0: right. But what we need is we need no matter what the next Fantastic 4 movie is, or the direction that that franchise goes in they need to make sure they handle that character right. So that's my first one is Silver Surfer. Uh, Cody, how about you, man? Who deserves a take two in your opinion?
1: Uh, my, well, this this one kind of, and similar to yours with Silver Surfer slash Galactus. My first one is Venom, perhaps more accurately, the Spider-Man symbiote, you know, the black suit. Yeah. We saw it in Spider-Man 3. Yeah. Uh, and granted, I will say that the Spider-Man 3, like the black suit looked really cool. Yeah. It, I, you know, just the way it came over and it turned spider-man suit black and just had a little bit of nods of like okay this thing's a little more evil yeah you know with the way the spider looked and the design of that but uh with that it was it was just weird that it like (laughs) you know we laugh about it now but peter parker getting all emo and dancing yeah when he gets the black suit you know and like eh, that's a little that's a little weird yeah that was i i I mean i don't know that that happens at any point in the comic i get i appreciated all the stuff with him like being a little more rude, you know, and I thought that I thought that worked well, and that mm-hmm. was you know that was definitely like we were seeing a different Peter Parker, uh, but the, in particular the emo haircut and the dancing scenes were a little a little weird with Eddie Brock in that, you know, with Topher Grace's character for one. I don't know that Topher Grace was the right right person. I just think I don't. think... I he's... know uh,
0: Cody asked just just, <laughs> just ask me, Andy. What do you think about Topher Grace as as Eddie Brock? That was not. The right person?
1: No, no. Oh, you heard it here first, folks. There you go. That's the official answer that's on behalf the official. of every
0: comic book <laughs> nerd, geek, everyone. Even Topher Grace was like, "I no, I was the wrong guy." <laughs> I And that's probably what he's thinking. You know, he's probably like, "It seemed like a good idea at the time." He's yeah. maybe they should have got Hayden Christensen. <laughs> yeah. <they're, laughs> even he knows that I was. I'm sorry, guys. That's my bad. So but continue. But continue. so
1: I I feel like he physically didn't. You know, he he wasn't. It, he didn't have the stature yeah. to be Venom but uh the the issue I have with like taking out the Venom, you know, taking just the conflict between Peter Parker and you know Eddie Brock, yeah. It having it ultimately be about a girl, I I did not I was not convinced. Mm-hmm. I I like I get the black suit getting in there and you know increasing uh, Eddie Brock's agitation towards Spider-Man, mm-hmm. and maybe even the Black Suit wanting some revenge against Spider-Man, uh, but having that be you know, mm, I don't know. The main focus, like a- having a it, it, having it ultimately be a, a about a girl. Yeah, I don't. That I felt like that was weak. Yeah. Also, just the way Gwen Stacy worked into that movie, just you know. But yeah, I, I what I really want to see, and I, what I think, like moving forward for a Spider-Man movie, I think the black suit can be its own movie before we even get into Venom. Mm-hmm. I think the, just the conflict within Peter Parker of needing to use the black suit, not needing to use the black suit. I think that that deserves a movie, to, yeah. you know, to be fleshed out. I mean, in Spider-Man Two, we see Spider-Man struggling with whether or not he wants to be Spider-Man yeah. at all, you know? Yeah. And he like, there's moments where he's losing his powers cause he doesn't know, like he's yeah. so conflicted. And so, I wonder if it's worth it to have a, a Spider-Man movie where in the beginning of the movie he gets this black suit and a lot of the conflict, you know, is just internal. Yeah. It's just between Peter Parker and this black suit and then it ultimately ends. You know, of course there's there's got to be some external villain there, mm-hmm. you know, in the mix, but he ultimately rids himself of the black suit, and then the the post credit scene is is the black suit getting onto Eddie. Eddie Bob, and yeah. in that movie, you can see Eddie and Peter Parker actually having a, a friendship, you know, because in the comics they they have a relationship pre that's pre existing. Yeah. To the black suit, you know, so they're like they're it adds that much more weight to Peter having
0: to fight Eddie. Yeah, I I agree with you on the whole like. Eddie Brock wasn't portrayed uh, correctly and all that stuff. Um, I think that for me, another you know, you kind of said it, but the way the black suit looked on Peter Parker when he was Spider Man with the black suit, it it, I kind of wish they looked more like the comic, you know, the comic book. You want more of a
1: definitive,
0: like yeah, like a
1: difference between. Peter, like between normal Spider-Man, red and blue, mm-hmm. versus the black suit.
0: Yeah, because it it just looked like it looked like the normal Spider-Man suit, and, just all black with silver. But it was yeah, but it was just it was just like a dark gray. It wasn't like like black, like jet black. You know what I'm saying? Like it, mm-hmm. it didn't look like. Almost like it, it, it wasn't glossy, like the way you, the way it's portrayed in the animated series. And, also and in in the, the like the it comics. almost
1: has a purple tinge to it.
0: Yeah. I, yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And so um, I, I think that was another part that was I was a little annoyed about is that you were still able to see like the web design on his suit where in the comics and the animated series it's just it looks totally different with the white spider yeah it's just the white spider and then that's it there's no detail to it except it's just glossy and it's just that that to me looks incredible like that looks really cool and so to to see it on the big screen like oh okay that's that's okay i can't maybe they just want to that's the best they they can do that's fine but then the way they did venom um wasn't that wasn't yeah i think
1: that was entirely like it was just It escalated too quickly, yeah, and there wasn't enough character development there, which will kind of inform my next one, my you know my next retake as well or take two. But yeah, that how did you feel about the Venom
0: suit? uh the Ven- i will say that when when he when peter parker is like ripping off the the symbiote like when he's ripping off the suit the way it looks was i thought that was cool like i thought that was cuz that's how it really i feel like that's how i remember it from the animated series mm-hmm. it was like this slimy alien type you know, creature, you know, that, it, you know, consumes someone and it changes who they are and it heightens their anger and the the aggression, it, you know,
1: innermost parts of their being.
0: Yeah. And so I really thought they did cool with like the CGI of how it looked. Um, the actual Venom when, you know, when Eddie Brock has it, I didn't I didn't think it was done right. Um, Venom because Eddie Brock was so much bigger already than Peter Parker when when he became Venom. He there was a distinguished like it was a noticeable difference between the right. size of Peter Spider Man and the size of Venom.
1: Just even like not even
0: taking into account the the muscle definition, but exactly. just the height. The height, yeah, like, like so. I you, you know, and then like the the sharpened teeth. That, that was
1: I liked them on Venom. I I liked the Venom face, yeah. but when. Eddie Brock, like it peels back and it's Eddie Brock's face, and he's got sharpened teeth. That was, yeah, that was
0: a little whack. That was, that was weird. But you're right. I mean, they did the best they could, but I think, I think we deserve better. <laughs> also, throughout this whole podcast, we, you will see that, um, comic book fans and nerds and geeks and all that, uh, we can be really. Uh, protective, and in picky, particular, in particular, when it comes to our, our characters. So we know that at times during this episode, we might sound like we're whining, and so but we just apologize. Ahead we're angry that. nerds, and yeah. just deal with it. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um. So. So your your first one what, again?
1: Yeah, Venom slash the symbiote black suit. Gotcha. Needs to be needs to be redone. Gotcha. Uh,
0: I'm gonna I'm gonna follow I'm gonna follow suit. No pun intended. Uh, I'm gonna follow suit <laughs> with. Uh, with you talking about a villain, and I think for me, the one that needs a a take-two is Mr. Freeze. Um... Mr. Freeze, uh, he made his big screen debut in <laughs> Batman and Robin. Nice to meet you. <laughs> this is so bad. Like I can't even. Um, yeah, this this one's pretty bad. Um, so let's start off with probably the biggest issue that uh, I have with it is, that, and that's the actor that they that they had for this this character, and that was Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger. They, He's a great Terminator. Great Terminator bad Mr. Freeze bad <laughs> Mr. Freeze um yeah i i think um the way they the way they portrayed this character was it was he was too silly and again you might say that the bigger issue with you know the bigger issue at hand is maybe the whole movie it was the whole movie was super cheesy and super corny was that
1: was that something of that just that era you know the, like those batman movies
0: um those ones are a little like, comparing
1: that you know compared to even i would say to the iron man movies there are a lot more like they don't take themselves very serious
0: yeah i don't you know i don't maybe that's a possibility that it, it could have just been uh that that was the, the trend of the movies that were coming I mean, out this is
1: the same series that we had 2 Face, half purple yes so just you know
0: yeah, I I think I think it was it was a weird time for superhero superhero movies. I will say, if I'm not mistaken, this was around the same time. Maybe it was a year or two before whatever that Blade came out, and and Blade came out, and it was that was a dark. It was a rated R superhero movie, and that did really well. And then even Blade Two that did really well as well. And so um you know that whole time and era wasn't necessarily not all of it was terrible but I think you're right Cody maybe this just kind of points to that time of movie making but uh but back to Mr. Freeze I just think that he was too silly the puns oh my gosh like they're so bad they're they're good like that's you know like there's enjoyment a lot of people love it's cold as ice man (laughs) exactly um so many people they they joke about it um and it, that's how bad it is now. That it's, it's funny. Now it's a thing where it's, people make fun of it, and it's you know they make references to it all the time. Um, but there's a really good story with that character. You know, Mister Freeze. He he's a scientist. His his wife is um, is sick, and the only way to um, to save her is to uh, bring her like you know temperature down almost to freeze her, like you know, and. But to find a cure, what he does is he he puts on this suit and he makes this ice gun. And then he's not really trying to, you know, break the law or be a crime, uh, you know, to be a bad guy. He's not even trying to go up against Batman. His main focus is trying to save his wife. Yeah, his
1: his only aim is to, like, he's frozen his wife so that, like, she's got this disease. He freezes her so that... Eventually he can find a cure for her, yeah, and then unfreeze her. yeah in the process he gets himself frozen, yeah you know or you know to where he has to be you in know kept suit. at you know mm-hmm. zero temperatures. and you you get into that a little bit in the Batman Arkham games that mm-hmm. I'm always raving about. yes Andy. you are uh, but you you get into that and it's it's so well done because there's even like there's even moments where like Batman like as Batman, you know, you fight. Mr. Freeze and Batman tells him like leave this life. You know yeah. this is Batman tells you know Mr. Freeze this isn't who you are to you know this like murder and you know and killing and all that. It's not part of who who you want to be. Yeah, and ba- Batman knows and kind of respects Mr. Freeze yeah. for having you know those ultimately pure motives. Yeah, be- behind what he's
0: doing. And and again, he's also. Um you know, Mister Freeze is—he's really smart, and so uh, that just uses—he uses that to his advantage. It, you know, when Batman gets in his way, or the police, or, you know, the law enforcement gets in his way. So he's not even like—he's not a dumb villain. He's a smart villain at that point, and so you have a really good villain here. And then when we see his big screen debut, it's this guy that's really just running around
1: it's, making ice puns. Yeah,
0: the whole time, and it's really—it's just bad. Um, so yeah, that's, that's my issue. I I think I I look at that movie too. You know, I don't think, um, if I remember correctly, I haven't seen it in a long time, but I don't think necessarily Poison Ivy was done as bad. I think, you know, if my, if memory serves me correct, I think Uma Thurman, I think she did a, a decent job with it, you know, the best she could. Uh, Bane was a joke. And so I'm glad that, that the, was not true to the character yeah, at all. Yeah, Bane was a joke, and I'm glad that he got you know the the screen debut that he needed with the uh, Christopher Nolan trilogy. Um, and then we have you know Batgirl and Robin, and again it was just over the top cheesy. Um, but to me, I I think there's more to that villain, that character of Mister Freeze, that you can easily make him you know if you not if you do it right he can be the main villain of a batman movie and it's there's multiple levels to that to that movie that i think fanboys and just a general audience would enjoy if again if they do it right
1: how well do you think he could work like in this in this live action grounded in reality kind of you know world that dc is going for with you know dc and warner brothers are going for do you think a character named Mr. Freeze who has an ice gun can work in that in in that world? I mean, we're going to see Aquaman, so I guess yeah. anything is possible.
0: Yeah. I think I think that they I think that it can be done. Uh DC and their characters they uh, tend to be more um fantasy based. You know if that, you know, we have like Superman, he's from a you know, he's an alien from another planet. The Green Lantern Corps, like they're, you know, these space cops essentially from all different planets and stuff so you know you have wonder woman you know like there's so many again you have aquaman uh from Atlantis like there's dc for the most part their heroes and villains are all over the place they're not necessarily rooted in realism you know mm-hmm. and so i think it's easier for them to do it um can it be done i i think so i think it can be done i look at christopher nolan's you know, trilogy of bat of uh, Batman, and I think they did Bane really well. Um, they did Raz really good and that. You know, Ra's al Ghul, and he's a character that's very mystical and supernatural. Sure, and, you know, so they were able to do that really well. And um, I think it can be done. I think the main thing is you have to connect the audience with Mister Freeze's uh, his intentions, and that's. He's trying to get save. the audience to almost to understand where
1: he's coming exactly. from, exactly, and and know that his motivations ultimately is you sa- know is are pure
0: and to save his wife. So yeah, I think it, I think it can be done, um, and if they do it, that'd be really cool. So um, that's my that's my the next character I had who deserves a take to. Cody, how about you, man? My next
1: one is uh, is from Amazing Spider Man Two. And I know we've talked about this movie before, uh, but that one is Electro. So in amazing Spider-Man two, if you've seen it, yeah. uh, you know, Jamie Foxx, uh, portrays Electro plays Electro. And I will say I, I was okay. And I kind of enjoyed the way he looked. I thought, I thought that, you know, as, as a live action, you know, like I don't necessarily want the yellow and green, you know, suit, like, suit mm-hmm. that was, you know, very comic booky that we see in the comics, you know, at least originally, uh, but that one, I don't know. Like the way I think, I think it comes back to the way he's like his motivations are to Spider-Man. Yeah, and or maybe it's just a lack of development. Uh, but yeah, that I don't know. It, like he's such a cool villain, and I th- I thought the scenes like him, the fight scenes with him looked great. Um, I also think some of the issue with that one is that he ultimately re- relied on that he ultimately relied on Goblin to. Bring him back, you know. Yeah, like you don't. Anytime your your big villain mm-hmm. has to be brought, you know, helped by someone, like that's not something that you want to necessarily, like, per, you know, play out because you're you're just putting, you know, the in the audience's mind, you're putting a, a seed of weakness, you know, on your big villain, you know, and we saw that twice that happened in that movie. Yeah. What did you? I know. I know you're not a, necessarily a huge fan of of Amazing Spider-Man too, Andy. What did you think of
0: Electro? I uh, I thought that before he was Electro and became the villain, I I did enjoy his character and I was very intrigued by his character. And I was very like, I was curious about him, what he brought to the table, his interactions with Spider-Man, his interactions with Gwen Stacy. I, it was, you know, he, he had my attention mm-hmm. as I was watching the movie. And then he became the villain, you know, in a very, you know, traditional type way that, oh, he fell in, you know, he fell in this water and he, you know, with the eels or, you know, like you know, a lot of villains, they, when they become the villain, that's how it happens. Oh, they fell in this or they just sure. happened to them, you know, and so it's not uh, necessarily a road they walk, they choose to walk. Exactly. Way. And so, you know, then that happened, his conversion happened, but then it was very confusing, like, um, uh, his 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 motives were confusing and um I thought power like his the way like the the fights I thought that I thought that I thought was, those were really cool yeah and so I was like okay so there was there was it was very mixed for me it was very mixed that there were moments that I really I really liked the character and even the way they portrayed him but then they were it was almost like you were so close to doing it justice like it wasn't terrible. But it was like, oh, you just, you missed it by that much. I think
1: in that my issues with Electro are all ultimately rooted in everything else that that movie was trying to do as far as Green Goblin. Yeah. And I think that I would prefer if they would have left Green Goblin out of the movie. Yeah. And just spent that extra 20 minutes developing, one, the relationship between Peter Parker slash Spider-Man and Electro pre-elect, you know, before (laughs) he gets his powers, uh, and then fleshing out his motives a little bit more because yeah. we see him, you know, he's like, he's, if I remember correctly, he's walking down the street and he's kind of accidentally not even, you know, not purposefully sucking the power out of everything. Mm-hmm. And then Spider-Man talks to him and then, you know, all, like they, they kind of start to, you know, or have a conflict there. And then he decides it's going to be evil. Yeah, because Spider Man doesn't remember him or something like that. Like it was, (laughs) like it was that socially inept. Like they they did a good job of playing up like how he's nobody really cares about him. Yeah,
0: but I I felt like it was a little weak. It was a little weak, and to me, like you you mentioned this already, but like the Green Goblin take the whole like disease and like I thought that was interesting. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily. Uh, comic book accurate. It wasn't necessarily like you know, but sure. I thought, okay, that's that's a different take. I can you know I can get behind that. That's not it's not terrible. And so even then, that, that kind was, of adding to why he looks the way he yeah, does. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, okay, that makes sense. I can connect some of those dots. And you know, so again, like it was like, oh, you missed it by by that much. Like you were so close, like. And so, but I can see your point with Electro.
1: Definitely Electro, maybe not Green Goblin. I think Green Goblin, you know, was done well in Spider-Man 1. Yeah. Uh, Rhino, we could see him again. But yeah. Electro, I think he deserves a take too. He's a really cool villain.
0: Yeah. Um, the next one that I have, Cody, and this one kind of is for you and me, actually. It's, it's
1: a little bit all-encompassing.
0: Yeah. And that's the the giant suit of armor that we see so many Particularly, we see so many villains have, you know, it's, um, so for example, we think, you know, like the Silver Samurai
1: in The Wolverine. The one I think of in particular is Whiplash in Iron Man 2. I was really enjoying Mickey Rourke's character in, you know, in Iron Man 2. Contrary to what most geeks, I feel like, would say, I kind of enjoy that movie. Yeah. Uh, I I get the stuff like, you know, the issues with why they have, why should they have a war machine? You know, is he really necessary? In that, but uh, I I appreciate what they were doing with that movie. But with Whiplash, he, you know, we see him in the, you know, in the beginning, and he he attacks Tony at the car race. Yeah. You know, and it's really cool. He slices the car up to pieces. It was incredible. Tony just barely beats him, barely makes it out alive, you know. Uh, And then, you know, everything he, the dialogue he has with Tony about, you know, if you could make gold bleed, yeah, <laughs> you know, and all, and all that stuff, you, you know, I don't know if that you know that impression was very good or not. Let
0: but, us know on our <laughs> social media.
1: <laughs> if you could make gold bleed, the sharks will, there will be blood in the water. <laughs> but uh, but uh, you know, so like I thought that dialogue was great. I thought yeah. it, like it was really like the portraying the way the way he was trying to take down you know or remove Tony Stark's. God status, and, yeah. you know, in the celebrity status that yeah. Tony Stark had, especially, you know, the relation, knowing the relationship or learning the relationship that their parents had, yeah. you know, and I, I thought adding that into the, to the origin story was great. But, but then at the end of the movie, we see that he's ultimately just in this big metal suit. I don't even know how that works physically <laughs> because his, like, I'm thinking of where the suit's arms were bending and where his arms would naturally bend. Those those things don't line up somehow. Yeah. Like I, maybe I just don't have a good understanding of how massive the suit is supposed to be. Yeah. But like this guy's Iron. Like you're you're versing Iron Man. Yeah. In Iron Man, you know, in Iron Man One, we see the Iron Monger. Yeah. Which is a, a big a guy in a big metal suit. Yep. So then at the end of Iron Man Two, we have a guy in a big metal suit with
0: whips. Yeah. Like yeah. I will say I will say, and you said it already. The that first fight you know, it was great. It really I was agree. the way he, he really, he came out of nowhere. He surprised Tony Stark. He surprised everyone, you know, when he did attack him, um, the way the whiplashes, the way that looked, um, he almost, when he, he turns them on and it burns the thing off his yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, yeah, it shows that in slow motion, which was cool. He, again, like, and, and when we look at that fight scene, uh, the location was great. So I thought that was really cool and he almost wins like he um, like he loses that fight but he it shows that iron man you know is beatable and that was that was enough like for him that was enough you know like that's why he, when he gets arrested and he gets caught he's laughing the whole time he's getting pulled yeah. away like he's cuz i think he knows <clears throat> i think tony knows i think the viewers know i think everyone knows like oh everyone Crab, in this world yeah oh wait a minute he just did that on his own. He's not a millionaire. He's not, you know what I'm saying? Like Nobody just, knows this guy. Exactly. And, he, and put, he brought Tony to his knees. And that's why, you know, Hammer, that's when he sees this in a news play out the way it does. And he's like, oh, and that's why, that's how he connects with, you know, Whiplash, you know, halfway through the movie. And so, again, that fight scene was great, but... You were telling me about the the Whiplash and his like, comic book history a little bit, right? Yeah. So in
1: and Andy and I were talking about this before we recorded, but Whiplash in the comics he still is in a suit of armor. So I'm yeah. not saying you take that away necessarily completely. I mean, he's fighting Iron Man. Yeah. It's kind of you know kind of needs to be there otherwise you know especially in a in a legitimate Iron Man armor that's not a briefcase. You know, it's probably it'd probably be pretty easy for Iron Man to to dispatch him, but. Uh, in the comic book origin for uh, Anton vanko this this version or the movies version of whiplash we see that he his village is attacked in he you know he's still Russian but his village is attacked by someone wearing a stolen Iron Man armor and that that person that individual murders a, a large number of the townspeople including his father okay uh, and then ultimately Anton kills this imposter this you know, this fake Iron Man. He doesn't know, or he doesn't realize that it's not really Tony. Tony's- or at least he still blames Tony. Yeah, uh, for for this happening. So he takes this this you know what's left of this armor, of uh, this you know the stolen Iron Man armor, and uses it to make this Whiplash armor. Uh, and like over the course of six months, you know he adds the energy whips, and he decides that he's gonna kill Tony Stark. And you take the time, you know. You, If you're if you're listening, you can wherever you're listening, you probably can leave this playing and go to Safari or go to Google Chrome. Uh, Hopefully you're not using Internet Explorer, (laughs) (laughs) but you can go and just search Whiplash uh, and you'll see that, you know, this this version of this armor looks so cool because there's like part of it where the armor is, you know, broken. So he's not wearing it completely. You know, his some of his arms exposed, but the the whips, it all looks so cool and again, it's still an armor. It's you know, it's very reminiscent of an Iron Man armor. Yeah. But it's you know, it's not it's not this giant suit of armor. And to even to, to see this on screen, to see you know the way the way that this would have fought Iron Man and War Machine, that, I, I, I think matter, they could yeah. I think they could still have made this you know this villain to where it's you know, and if they need to add other weapons onto the suit, I would even be okay with that. But they could make this this particular version of Whiplash able and I and understandably strong to, enough to provide a worthy challenge to both Iron Man and the War Machine.
0: Yeah, and so like you were saying, you know this this general concept of having the villain in this suit of armor. We you know we mentioned Silver Samurai from the Wolverine Whiplash. I think about Shredder, you know from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle uh, reboot that Michael Bay did. Um, and again in that in that movie what we see is he just jumps in this huge suit, this suit of armor and it's I don't know I don't know if it's because I'm old maybe it's not that I'm necessarily over that, but it's maybe we're seeing it too much like too, too often. frequently yeah, I think that maybe that's it it's not it's not fresh anymore. And so like I feel like if I was a writer or a producer or a director, I, you know, I would almost try to stay away from something like that because it reminds me and too many people of of Iron Man and you know Whiplash and all these other Silver like all these other characters that are doing something very similar. And mm-hmm. so, you know, Shredder, I wasn't the biggest fan of the way they portrayed him. Um, he was just this big, you know, uh, Titan like being like this big opponent, Samurai, yeah, mechanical like. With Robot. lots and lots of knives, yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and maybe and maybe they had to go, uh, you know, with this large suit of armor because in Michael Bay's uh, turtle movie, you know, Ninja Turtle movie. Uh, the turtles in general, they're kind of bigger than normal humans, anyways. Yeah, you know? they're like seven feet tall yeah, or so. They're like, massive. Like they're tall. They're, they're they don't big. look like ninjas. No, they're not. They really can't be too sneaky when you're that big, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, they're they don't portray. You know, they're not the normal turtles that we saw from you know the first turtle movie or and the, the animated second. one. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so for me, you know, the shredder thing. I think that deserves a take too as well for me personally. It's a good character. It's it's the villain that you think of when you think about when you the, think of I have sunglasses <laughs> that are Shredder.
1: Shout out to Loot Crate. Yeah. <laughs> I have yes. glasses that are that are Shredder's mask. Yeah, yeah.
0: And so you know, it's a such a great villain. And you it's they have, you know, it has such a strong connection to the turtles and ninja turtles and um that man gosh you, you you missed it i think you didn't do it justice and you just you made this character that we appreciate and we value and you just put him in another suit of armor that's robotic and you know and has all these different gadgets and it's fast and it's powerful like and i on. don't
1: even i think once he goes in the armor we don't even see his face anymore no so After that, no, or and the, the other ones you at least see his face, yeah.
0: And you know, and I and I get it. Maybe you know, in the early 90s, late 80s, when those first two turtle movies came out, maybe that's you know, maybe that worked, maybe that that, that was enough back then. But I don't know, they're, they're still really good. Like, I, I still like them, they're still funny, the action is still good, you know. And so, yeah, you can tell it's older. That's I mean, and but that's you can tell they're animatronic, yeah, or, like, you
1: know, they're they're puppeteers, yeah.
0: Like, they're but so it is what it is, but it's it's still good i think and so uh shredder you know whiplash silver samurai all those uh this whole idea of just putting our villain you know this suit of armor i think is overplayed and i think it deserves a a take two
1: all right so that is our episode for heroes and take two uh, let us know what you think wasn't done right the first time. Whether it's a character that Andy and I love, if if you if you want to you know be bold and say that RDJ shouldn't have been you know Robert Downey Jr. shouldn't have been Iron Man, go for it. You're wrong though. But you know, on behalf of the heroes and, <laughs> but, and <you> everyone, <laughs> and everyone, you're wrong. But let us know if there's a character that you think wasn't done wasn't done right. Uh, I will say again with, with uh, you know people that we just know it, Green Lantern no you don't need to mention that one yeah we know that <laughs> we know that that was not done right so yeah. <laughs> uh, but we would love to hear characters that you that you think weren't done right the first time and deserve a take two.
0: New comics dropping today for January 27, 2016. We have We Are Robin number eight. Uh, This is uh, the first issue from their Robin Wars uh, storyline. So this is actually a good jumping point for you guys. Uh, And this issue, what we see is uh, our characters that they're facing off against some new villains uh, in Gotham and in their world that are calling themselves the Jokers. And so I think that's going to be really cool and interesting. We also have Daredevil number three. Uh, We have Old Man Logan, number one. This is post-Secret War, so everything, you know... So this is
1: a new Old Man Logan, number one.
0: Yeah, exactly. And then lastly, we have Spider-Gwen, number one. I feel like they've been relaunching that comic for a while now, but um, I don't know. I I feel like every time I see a Spider-Gwen, it's always issue number zero or one. I don't know, but... (laughs) <laughs> a new one but there's Guess a, new what? a new one, one comes out there's today n- it's
1: just like the <laughs> spider-man
0: movies <laughs> so, i don't get it all right uh, but those are the new comics i have for you guys coming out today
1: and as always you can talk to us on social media in a couple different ways you can follow us on twitter and instagram at heroes underscore and like us on facebook at facebook.com slash heroes and or email us at heroes and podcast at
0: gmail.com and then of course uh Please rate and review and subscribe to the podcast. That goes a great way. Uh, If you can do that for us, that that helps us a lot. Just spread the word for the podcast. Uh, Again, thank you so much for listening to Heroes and I'm Andy. I'm Cody. And we're out.